If you are a Braveheart, the next hour is just for you. Welcome to Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold. In this program, you'll learn who the Bravehearts are and connect with them to help change the world. By doing so, you'll be changed for the better. Now, here's your host, Brian Reinbold. And welcome, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into VoiceAmerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're going to talk about the fabric of life. Connect with us on our sponsor website, BraveheartsForKids.org, and Remember, there's a Donate Now button on that uh, website, BraveHeartsForKids.org. And you can also connect with me by email at uh, MissionSpecialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Be sure to connect with us on social media, too. We're making some great connections on LinkedIn for future shows. Today, our guest is Wally Goulet, and he's... uh, uh, he, he's got he's got a lot of um, uh, ideas that I, I I just I really enjoy talking with uh, with Wally. I've got a, a story to tell about uh, how we reconnected, and I want to share that with the listeners. But first, uh, welcome Wally. Glad glad you're here. Yeah, glad to be here, Brian. Thank you so much. So uh, last summer. My my cousin Cheryl Loman out in Dickinson, North Dakota, called me and she said, "We're going to have a cousins reunion." Now she's uh, uh, the senior cousin, I guess it it is now. And uh, in on my dad's uh, side of the family, there were uh, eight kids in in uh, in his family, and I think there are some thirty two living cousins, first cousins. Um, that that are uh, that that are um, uh, still still with us, and so Cheryl said we're going to have a, a a cousins reunion again uh, in Medora, North Dakota. And I thought that sounds great. I love Medora. Medora is uh, really my favorite place on earth to go. Uh, Muir Woods being uh, you know a, 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 a close second, I suppose. But Medora is a is a great place, and I thought you know I I I enjoy staying uh, at the hotels in Medora, but I wonder if there's a place to say maybe a cabin out in the in the country somewhere uh in the in in the badlands and i i started looking around and i i found a place uh, called the spirit of the badlands and uh, i called the fellow up and a fellow named roger Dieterly answered the phone and we talked for a while and i i told him what we were planning to do coming out and i said you know ultimately i'd really love to have a place where we can get together and do retreats he said well what do you what kind of retreats do you do i said well i do this this and that corporate boards and uh, nonprofit organizations and and um uh he said well what do you speak about and i, I told him i said and then i quoted howard thurman and I've I've quoted Howard Thurman on the show uh, a number of times, and uh, one of the things that uh, I'm my most favorite quotes is Howard Thurman says, "Don't ask what does the world need, instead ask what makes me come alive, and then go do that." And I, I reckon that if uh, if we do what makes us come alive, that man, that's uh, that's what the world needs after all. And so uh, um, Roger said, "Oh, you know, I, I, Howard Thurman. That's very interesting. I just finished a meditation on Howard Thurman." I said, "Wow, how did that come about?" And he said, "He subscribes 
uh, Richard Rohr from the Center for Action and Contemplation. And uh, the the, uh, the meditations that week were, uh, you know, had uh, some uh, some quotes from Howard Thurman. So we talked about that for a little bit, and I I subscribed to the um, to the newsletter from uh, from Father Rohr, and I thought, wow, that's this is really good stuff. I really enjoy this. And then a couple of days later. I'm on LinkedIn, and literally up to, uh, two or three days later, I'm on LinkedIn, and I see, uh, it, you know, one of the things that it says, "Hey, wish Wally Goulet a happy birthday." And so uh, I don't remember the exact date, but uh, I suppose Wally, you probably would. Uh, and uh, and I so I, I sent you a note, and I scrolled down the page, and I saw that you were um, uh, uh, on the on the board of the Center for Action and Contemplation. I thought, wow, that's what that you know that that's a, a a coincidence, or if you believe in coincidences, or just pay attention to coincidence. I thought. Uh, that's that's pretty interesting. So I I I, I sent you a note. And I said uh, happy birthday, and I'd love to talk with you about uh, CAC. And that's where we connected again last summer. And uh, you know, we, I know we'd known each other uh, previously, but that was that was a tremendous connection. We started having some conversations, and uh, most of the time, I don't keep talking like this on and on and on, but I thought I wanted to share that story because I, it, it just fascinated me with the, con- the, the connectivity of uh, the, the more you talk to people, the smaller the world gets. So uh, again, wel- welcome, Wally, and um, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Yeah, I, I'm never shy about uh, talking about CAC because it's been really one of the turning points in my life, Brian. And uh, the good work of Father Roar, I, I get a chance to uh, be involved not only in the board, but I, I teach about a handful of his courses. He's written about 40 books, and uh, those books have been turned into online classes, and I've had the privilege of doing that. And then now I'm in his living school, and in my second year of that, so so it's, a, it's a, always a great starting point of a conversation, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and you know I've enjoyed just about that too. Well, the the, the living school is uh, is very much in depth. And uh, you're are you teaching in the living school? No, no. Uh, fortunately for the other students, uh, they, we've got some really master <laughs> teachers: uh, Jim Finley, uh, Cynthia Bourgeau, and Father Roar himself. So the three of those are are wisdom teachers in the living school. And it's I, I just got back last week from being out in California. Uh, for three days with Jim Finley, and uh, that was that was marvelous. And I, you know what? It's interesting in going out there to because uh, Jim couldn't travel; his wife is ill, and so the students came to to uh, Jim. And while I was there, there was a fellow from Australia and a woman from Wales uh, in England, and and they just came for the weekend to be with Jim. So it's it's a global reach, and uh, people go many many miles. For the wisdom that they teach, so it's yeah, and, and 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 you do teach the um, the Franciscan way, and uh, was it breathing it's, underwater? I'm, I'm, yes, and uh, I'm excited too. In June, I get to uh, be maybe the first uh, teaching assistant for uh, uh, Falling Upward, and that's one of uh, Father Roar's most popular books, next to the Universal Christ. So. Um, it's the launch of that particular study, and, and I'm very pleased to be able to be that teacher well, for the, 
And the universal the universal crisis is, a, is an idea. We talked about that from one of the very first calls that we had. You know, this uh, this idea that when you talked about what what we think, what we believe, and I know. For years, Sherry and I have had this idea that you know, there's uh, the world is getting better and it's getting better fast, and it's exciting to watch it happen. It's exhilarating to be part of making it happen, and and um, I see three things as part of part of making it happen, and one is uh, clean water everywhere. Uh, and we've talked about that on the show. Uh, the second is empowered girls and uh, you know, girls that can make decisions and get educated worldwide. What a what a change in the entire world that will create. And then the third one is spiritual connectedness. We see this happening and we see this uh, occurring. And I think it's more of an awareness than something that is changing because it's it, it is, uh, you know, as we titled the show, it is the fabric of life. Yeah, and that interconnectedness that we all have, and and, uh, and as Father Richard would say, uh, nature was God's first Bible. Uh, you know, prior to any inspired writings that, that became the Bible, uh, we had the nature to, you know, see just the grandeur and glory that, that's there in creation. So it's uh, he's very attentive to to that, and, and all things universal, all things in the universe. Um, so. You know, that's one of his his primary teachings is making sure we're we're connected, and then that makes us even environmentally conscious and conscious of one another. So, yeah, I, I a, guess that's what I, I would point out. There's a sense that uh, you know when you when you have this 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 knowing uh, that there's uh, you you cannot harm something else, or you you certainly cannot harm someone else without harming yourself. And I think that's a um, uh, it's something that that's becoming more, more, more of more part of awareness in uh, in our world now. Yeah, and you know, and understand too that Father Rohr is a Franciscan, and so his order dates back to uh, Saint Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. And certainly, uh, we we say he is beyond the birdbath because I think everybody is familiar with the uh, Saint Francis statue that. It might be on a bird death because he was so fond of animals and, and uh, so appreciative of nature. So even their, uh, the order of the Franciscans has always been, uh, you know, in touch with nature and, and that fabric of life, I guess, as we're talking about it. And a real appreciation for, for uh, nature and, and simplicity, I think, too. Yeah, that's one of the core values. Two of, of uh, CAC is, is simplicity. Well, yeah, and, and I think for, for your li- listeners, if they're interested uh, in the CAC, it's not a, a cult or a religion in itself. It's just it's a group of folks that are would like to amplify the the whole area of of meditation and contemplation to have a deeper experience of their own yeah. spirituality. Is and, a, and the oneness that we all have. Is there a website that uh, uh, the listeners could go to to uh, find out more about this? Yes, cac.org. You know, just those six letters, cac.org, will we'll take you right there. And and that's where people can, uh, you mentioned the meditations on a daily basis. And we have like 385,000 folks that get the meditations each day. And it's it's kind of a way of life for those folks and you can sign up for those right on stac.org 
And then there's a number of podcasts that you can find right on that, too. The uh, uh, Father, Father Rohr has a podcast there, and so does Jim Finley now. So, yeah, yeah, and, and they're 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 good, and he has he has a, um, a, a, a I think a, a happy uh, a happy and uh, and and um, uh, a joyful demeanor. That's that's the way I, I I see his his presentation style. Yeah, ultimately, uh, his philosophy and theology all surrounds uh, being a loving human being, and I think that's we all set out to do that or ultimately hope to hope to be sharing love with one another. So I think that's what you'll find out of father roar and the uh, folks at CAC. Yeah. Well, when uh, uh, we would talk more about this, when we come back from the break and all of the connections that we make, um, talking with uh, Wally Goulet about the fabric of life. And we knew, we figured that was uh, sufficiently vague to cover all the topics that we might get into. So we'll be back on Brave Hearts Radio on the other side of 60 Seconds. Stick with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. His email is mission specialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned into voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be here with you on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today, we're talking about the fabric of life. 
And connect with us at BraveHeartsForKids.org. Check out Braveheart's flagship uh, service, SpotlightHope.org. And you can email me at Mission Specialist at uh, BraveHeartsRadio.org. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Our guest today is Wally Goulet. And uh, we talked a little bit about the Center for Action and Contemplation. And uh, the the way to connect there is uh, CAC.org. That's one of the easiest uh, to find websites. Sites I think we've ever presented here on Bravehearts Radio. Um, there's always uh, I'm always looking to make connections, Wally. And um, one of the one of the fellows that I've I've uh, made a connection with here in the Chicago area is uh, John Blumberg. And he has a, uh, a, a series of books called uh, ROI. It's Return on Integrity. And he's talking about the individual's journey to the one essential thing being integrity. And he was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and we talked about the idea of, you know, what is integrity? And and he describes it as integrity is whole, entire, undiminished, and connected. And uh, I, I said, wow, that sounds uh, uh, a little bit like universal Christ. And he said, yeah, it really is. I said, you know, we, we didn't go there in the show because we, that was the conversation that we had after the show. But I thought, I thought that that's pretty interesting um, that it, it's something that is, uh, is that's, he's, he writes business books. This is becoming part of business now. That's exciting. You know, it was interesting for us too, Brian, and that uh, when you write books on theology and spirituality and things like that, they they don't become bestsellers necessarily. I mean, it's kind of a limited audience, And but we were surprised at CAC, uh, pleasantly surprised, but uh, Universal Christ in the very first couple months sold over 100,000 copies, and uh, even folks like Bono uh, endorsed the book, and you know, and uh, he, Father Roar was on Oprah and was interviewed by her regarding Universal Christ. So it, it became number 11 on the uh, best-selling list, just unheard of in terms of of a spirituality book. So, yeah, that's pretty... Uh, you know, that, that's, that's been really something. That, yeah, and that, that is pretty remarkable. And I, I guess uh, 11 is, uh, you know, traditionally there's, a, there's something of a sense of spirituality about the number 11. So maybe there's something to that, too. That's good. Yeah. Good company. Maybe maybe we'll hear maybe we'll hear a, a song about it. And uh, with 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 Bono being uh, a a, uh, a proponent, I think he's he he writes uh, writes something on the back cover of the book too, right? Yeah, he did, and and literally uh, it went even higher in in London. So I mean, I, okay. I think it's the approach number one over there, and and Father Roar kind of gave Bono the uh, the nod, saying I think his endorsement uh, had those higher sales even in London. So. Yeah. So, it, but it is a global reach. I'm always, I'm always amazed in the courses that we teach. It's just worldwide. I mean, I have students from Africa and Australia and, and New Zealand and, and the British Isles regularly, and so the exchange that we have in our discussions is very, very stimulating because it's you, you see people in their own spiritual journeys all around the world, and and uh, you see a commonality in it. And uh, uh, for some reason, Father is able to get people to be very vulnerable and share. And it's, his language, you know, for me as a 40-year lawyer, uh, I guess I practiced 42 years before I retired. And uh, I was very analytical, very much a, a creature of the head. And, and Father Roar actually 
uh, is a, kind of a gut level, but also a heart level person to, to, taking your, your thoughts into kind of loving reactions through your heart. And uh, for me, that's been it's kind of a transformational education of getting out of my head and, and getting more heart-centered in, in how I relate to people. And, uh, you know, even opening myself up more to vulnerable and uh, being present to people. So it's, uh, it's really been a life changer for me. So. I think you'd mentioned once that uh, you know, five years ago, you might not have imagined yourself as, uh, as being such a proponent for peace as you are now. Um, tell you how, how did you get started with the, with the CAC and, and Father Roar's teachings? Uh, you know, that's kind of a mysterious story in itself. I, uh, I've always been a student of theology, Brian, mm-hmm. and uh, I was a Notre, Notre Dame undergraduate, and we were required to take 12 hours of theology, and, and I really liked theology. I just didn't, wasn't sure that I could make a living out of teaching theology. But I've always, I've always been a seeker during that time, and, and I like the challenge associated with that. And I would always look for good pastors, good homilists, people who would, you know, I'm a, I'm a Catholic, so I would be looking for priests that would inspire me. And um, I happened, when I was in, in Bismarck, Mandan, I, I worked over in Mandan, and every, during the week I found a fellow uh, named Father Paul Becker, who had the most challenging uh, homilies, and and I I found like theology lessons. So I would I would hustle over from my software company, and and go to his noon mass each day, just so I could hear him speak on the challenges. And mm-hmm. I never introduced myself to him, but one day going up to communion. He stopped me with people all around me and said he wanted to see me after church. <laughs> I, I, I kind of was almost kind of embarrassing, you know. But but afterwards, we he, we visited. And he said, "You're a lawyer, aren't you?" And uh, and I said, "Yes." And, and he had a had one of his parishioners that needed some help, so I said, "Sure, I could do that." Mm-hmm. But then he gave me a book uh, on Father Roar, and it was falling upward, oh, yeah. and I read it. And I said, I just couldn't believe what I was reading because it was really speaking to my heart. And uh, so was, he and I talked about it, then became good friends. And then he asked me to go to a conspire conference down in Albuquerque. And he said that the, his parish should pay for it. And I said, well, Father, I'm, I'm, I actually belong to another parish. I'll be glad to join your parish. Yeah, and I did. Uh, and he sent my wife and I down to Albuquerque to, to do that. And I was in the, in a room with about 1,100 other like-minded souls and couldn't believe uh, what I was learning, what I was listening to. And uh, we Catholics often look at original sin and, you know, think kind of almost like a meritocracy, that we have to do so many good works to, to find our way into uh, eternal life. Yeah. But what I was hearing was God. God's loved me from the start, and by loving me from the start, it, it was original blessing rather than original sin. So I, I appreciated what what I was hearing from the Franciscans. And then after going to that conference, I started taking the courses, and I asked Tom Everly, who was there, if ever there was an opening to teach, 
uh, you know, become a teaching assistant. I would love to do that. And uh, about six months later, he gave me that opportunity. And now it's been four or five years of, of teaching those courses. And uh, so, I mean, in, in, in the teaching, all of a sudden I was, I was put in, in view of many, many people on their spiritual journeys. And we had many, um, what I say, uh, ministers who'd been out in the field for 20 to 25 years that were actually looking to renew their own journey, their own seeking. They were kind of tired. They were uh, worn out, and they were looking for something additional. So I'd say, you know, almost in each course that I teach, there's probably 20% of them that are ministers, mm-hmm. and, and it all walks of faith, all forms of uh, Protestants and even uh, a lot of Buddhists that are in it. So, so we and, and our, the people we study from are all all walks. Father, father has great respect. Uh, even Cynthia Bourgeau is a an Episcopal priest who's one of our wisdom teachers. So, so it's the most ecumenical group I've ever really run into, and that in itself is inspiring. You know, bringing people together like that. So that's kind of. <laughs> That's a bit of my story, and then after after the teaching, um, it was it was my students who actually asked me what was living school about, and I realized I had not I'd not even applied to go to the living school that CHD had, and it was my students that kind of egged me into. Uh, I said, if I'm going to continue to teach, I probably better take the two year course. It's almost like a master's in theology, if I had to relate it that way, but we don't have tests or anything like that. Um, just an awful lot of work together. And uh, so then I, I took I went into the living school, and uh, a year ago, while I was in the middle of living school studies, I was asked to be on the board of CHC, and I was so so pleased about that. And I'm now the uh, <clears throat> vice, ch- vice chairman of the CHC board. So... Um, I'm not exactly, like I say, that one day walking up to a communion in church uh, kind of changed my life, because until then I, I hadn't been aware of Richard Rohr, and and to have Father Becker's support to go down to Albuquerque to meet CAC was a turning point for me, so, well, yeah. so you're, you're getting you know, kind it? of my whole CAC story, and I... Uh, that's a, that's a good know, story. I'm glad also that's a good story, and and I, it, the way I see it, Father Rohr is is he, he's changing things from the inside, you know, because he he is a Catholic priest, and uh, it the the teaching and the, the the philosophy is 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 different from what I remember growing up. Um, I'll just re- quickly relate uh, a story that I I remember from um, when I was uh, it, it was I think about uh, eleven or twelve years ago. It was Thanksgiving morning, and I woke up and. Um, uh, I, I I was thinking about the uh, the scripture uh, John three sixteen, and I remember you know being ex, you know exposed to John three sixteen uh, repeatedly uh, because I would watch football and somebody would drop a drop a banner in the end zone for extra points and field goals, and it's John three comma sixteen. I thought I'd, let's look that up. What is that? Is it, God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes should have eternal life. I think that uh, it, it's probably close to one version. And I woke up that Thanksgiving morning and said, what does it mean to believe? 
and I, I thought, uh, you know, the, we hear this this quiet voice that speaks to us from within. I call it the authentic voice, and and uh, and it, that that uh, that quiet voice that speaks to us not so much in words, but rather in understanding. But when you can put the words into or put the understanding into words, it's uh, it's it's the kind of thing that I I believe that's what inspired people. Uh, to create all of the great religions, um, which, in, in, you know, at, at their heart, uh, I really believe that uh, that the, that the that the um, uh, the inspiration for these uh, great religions was something along the line of be good to one another and do the right thing. And so that that was the understanding that I had on that Thanksgiving morning that that all of these all of these ideas that came. Uh, that came from uh, from the same place, from the same source, from that universal, uh, that infinite source. That those are the ideas that uh, you know individuals had, and they inspired others. And then somebody wrote it down, and then we started to let our ego get in the way and say, "Let's make some rules about this, and let's do something like this, and let's let's be uh, let's let's make it uh, where we're in and they're out, and that kind of thing." and and I, I see so many um, young people in particular that I think are, are simply fleeing religion because they see it as intolerant and they, 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 um, uh, they, they haven't been exposed to this concept because this is, uh, this, is, 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 um, this is infinite grace. And it's a concept that once you're exposed to it, it's, it's pretty hard to put down. So. You know, you're, you touched on a couple things there, Brian, that are at the heart of almost every class that we have, and, and it's the battle with the ego. And we, Father Rohr will call that the false self, not the bad self, you know, because we, we do need our egos and we do need to pay the mortgage and the car payment and, and uh, go to work each day. You know, so there's, the egos are not bad, but, but they kind of get in the way of our true self. And so that that's where the transformation is, is that we really have to um, give up a lot of that ego play. We'll, we'll never give it all up, but that's where contemplation comes in, in the meditation and uh, Lectio Divina. You know, so it's those things that, that uh, we really, that's the takeaway for most of the courses, that we're, we're just trying to open the door to the contemplative gateway. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to take them to another tradition, it just kind of enhanced the tradition that they're in. And and I think that's where people, all of a sudden, when they feel loved, and and, and that there's a God that does love them that's not distant, um, they, they can change their own life. And, and Father Rohr will say that it's not just contemplation. It, it, the, the word action is part of the Center for Action and Contemplation. So... It's with that contemplation that we then take it to acting. And in all cases, it is to be more loving. You have to, you have to kind of surrender that ego and, mm-hmm. uh, and keep, and that's, that's where the journey is for all of us. And it's, it's a good journey. And, and I, I found so many people in the courses finding saying, I wish somebody had told me about this before. And they do find uh, father Roar a very loving guide for them. Um, in their own traditions, I mean, uh, you know, it's it's not that as a Franciscan he wants everybody to 
follow that. But the Franciscans have kind of what they call an alternate orthodoxy. And mm-hmm. that's, that is that a loving creation and, and it, it was original blessing. And from, from out of that original blessing, he said, you know, we have a, a God that brought his son not to convince God that we were good, but for us to be convinced that God's good. So it, it creates, a, you know, a, a relationship I think we're all longing for. So, you know, yeah. uh, but I have to, well, it's interesting, you know, you and I have had so many good conversations that, that are so wide ranging. I, I love talking about CAC, but, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily anticipating that I was going to give my whole CAC story, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm delighted to, to, to share that with you and the listeners. Yeah, well, you know, we can uh, we we can we can, as they say these days, pivot to uh, other other topics here as we come back from the break, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be back from the f- the fabric of life on Bravehearts Radio on the other side of sixty seconds. So stick with us. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. As the mission specialist, Brian Reinbold doesn't fly the rockets, but he does help to make sure each mission gets accomplished. Employee engagement is such an important concern for business people today. Brian helps socially conscious businesses reduce expenses, increase profits, and inspire a sense of dedication in the workforce by training mission-building behavior. It's not what Brian does that's most important. It's what people do after he trains them. For more information, contact Brian Reinbold at Mission Specialist at BraveHeartsRadio.org. Bravehearts Radio is sponsored by Bravehearts for Kids, a national pediatric cancer charity. Our mission is to provide life-saving hope and inspiration to families facing a pediatric cancer ordeal through outreach, information, and mentoring. Our recently updated Spotlight Hope mobile app puts families in touch with resources to help make their lives better from any location in the USA. For more information or to help, go to BraveHeartsForKids.org. That's BraveHeartsForKids.org. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're part of Bravehearts Radio. Call into the program today to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also email Brian. 
His email is missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back, Bravehearts. You're listening to Bravehearts Radio. I'm your host, Brian Reinbold, and I am the mission specialist. You're tuned in to voiceamerica.com, where we're the leader in live internet talk radio, and I'm grateful to be with you here on our flagship Voice America Variety Channel. Today we're talking about the fabric of life. You can connect with us at braveheartsforkids.org. Remember, there's a Donate Now button there. Uh, SpotlightHope.org. Uh, always in the third segment, I, I mentioned the NationalDayCalendar.com. National Day Calendar, one of the great sponsors of Brave Hearts for Kids Pediatric Cancer Charity. And uh, the 30th of March is, uh, it's a whole bunch of, um, uh, a whole bunch of days, Dr. Day, I Am in Control Day, Pencil Day, Take a Walk in the Park Day, Turkey Neck Soup Day, Virtual Vacation Day. And I, you know, it's kind of interesting with what we've been talking about, Wally, the uh, I Am in Control Day. And uh, something that I learned recently that, uh, you know, not knowing is, uh, is, is, a, is a great blessing. And um, uh, I, I know we've got, uh, we've got some, other, some other interesting things to talk about, but um, that, was, that was one of the things that uh, in taking the uh, Franciscan Way course uh, recently through the CAC, um, part of my experience with Father Rohr. I'm, it's it's a it's a great topic, and I, I, I you know I, I know we we've had conversations that have gone on uh, longer than than any uh, radio show. So um, uh, I think uh, you know we can we can we can come back to that at another time. Um, any any final words on uh, on CAC and uh, and the Universal Christ, Wally? Well, um, one of the things I've learned through it, and you know, as I say, my past life was as an attorney, and I spent a lot of time judging people, uh, working with judges, uh, you know, examining juries, uh, you know, always being very analytical about what I've learned through my walk with CAC is, is I, I no longer can be judgmental. I, you know, I, I look at people differently, so that's, that's kind of transformational, too. So one that was not necessarily easy, so it's a little bit of what you're saying, kind of the unlearning quality, you know, we're very content with sometimes who we are and what our opinions are, but then after a while you learn not to be judgmental and, and that your opinions are just that, you know, they're just opinions and they don't change the world in most cases, so um, that's part of, part of the fabric of life and I didn't know that, you know, until this time when I retired that, that a lot of my own philosophies it would be changing at the very same time, but, but now... I have a little more time to to read, a little more time to study, uh, and you know, and a little more time to teach. So it's it's been uh, and and mo- a lot of it when we in some of these courses, I say the same thing you just mentioned, Brian. It, it's uh, it's about unlearning. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, I, I have a I have a what if it were possible list that I that I read as I walk around in the morning, and uh, one of the things that I that I list is what if it were possible to always maintain the passion for ideals, the youthful passion for ideals, and and that occurred uh, that idea came after going to a TED talk uh, last May. And the, the, the fellow who presented the TED Talk was a guy named Paul Tasner. 
and he has a, a new business in the Bay Area, San Francisco, where, where they're creating um, shipping containers that are 100% recyclable material. And he he uh, created this startup, and he's 73 years old and was uh, t- telling this, you know, at this TED Talk audience about uh, this uh, venture capital and venture, this new entrepreneurial idea that he'd gotten involved with. And afterwards, I, I went up to him and I, I, I said in, in, in a kind of a humorous way, I said, you saved my life. And he chuckled. He said, what do you mean by that? I said, I said, you know, I, I, I tend to see TED Talks and I view TED Talks like the, the other presenters that were there were, you know, the millennials in their 30s, you know, really advanced with technology. And, you know, Paul is a, is a guy that uh, he's something of a tweener. So a tweener is uh, someone that's about half a generation between me and my dad or half a generation uh, the other way between uh, me and my son. And that's, a, that's I just came up with that term tweener. To uh, to describe someone that's uh, that's a half a generation uh, between someone, but um, so we we had corresponded a little bit, connected on LinkedIn, and um, I said, you know, youth is not an age, and we agreed on that. And I said, it's more of a passion for ideals, and so I I think the idea of of being youthful and inspiring youthfulness is is really a matter of. Uh, of maintaining our our sense of passion for ideals, so you know wanted wanted to get that in and see see what your your thoughts are, are on that because we had talked recently about uh, you'd you'd use the term that you'd flunked retirement, so uh, you're 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 finding things that really keep you going, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's funny. Uh, I found retirement kind of revealed myself to myself because all the things I did while I was practicing law and representing companies. I was very involved in the Chamber of Commerce and I was involved in, in the, the Bar Association and, and, you know, and it was a city attorney for law. I mean, all those things. But when I retired, um, public services had become such a big part of my life that I know my wife and I, we, we did the retirement thing around the Arizona and couldn't just hike and play golf. We had joined the Habitat for Humanity. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and wound up not, not only doing it two days a week, but many days, many weeks, four days a week. And, uh, you know, so there was that desire to be involved in something. And we ultimately moved back to uh, Bismarck because we just uh, felt that if we were going to continue to be involved, let's go back to where we, we knew folks. And, and I'll say my, the hammers and nails weren't my, my greatest talent. So I, I thought there was other ways of contributing. So, I'm, I'm probably yeah. now, and I'm involved in something like that you're doing, you know, at Louis on April 4th, having our uh, showcase event with Brave the Shave for children's cancer here in Bismarck. So, I, you know, I'm now involved in that, and we've created a couple foundations that we're working on uh, chronic disease and things like that. So there's things you can continue to pursue. You just, you know, by wanting, by loving life, I, I would what you're saying, you know, pursuing ideals. All, I think all comes from the fact that you love humanity and, and you know your clean water ideas. Or yeah, you know, let's make this environment even better. Uh, let's do all the things we need to to leave this world a little, little better place. So yeah, um, and so you, you know, it, retire, retirement is not the end. It can be the beginning for a lot of us. I guess is what I'm saying. 
Well, I, I, I know I've, I've got a couple of uncles in, in Bismarck in particular that um, that worked um, for um, for one place for um, for their whole careers. You know, um, dad's brother, Roger, you know, taught at uh, Hughes and Horizon Middle School for, I think, 38 years at uh, McCody for one year. And and the rest of his career was all in one place ta- you know, and teaching earth grade earth science. You know, things don't don't change in earth science a whole lot over that time. So uh, but people don't stick with jobs like that anymore. We, we have this idea that, um, you know, that young people are, are moving to to uh, careers and moving jobs because they, they're not going to stick around and and be somewhere where the the business doesn't support their values it doesn't match their their values nobody's sticking around for the gold watch anymore and um i, I wanted to if, if that's a an apt segue into uh, into your book um and I, I know you've got a couple books because you've got you've you, everyone has a book in them that uh that 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 may be or could be written and then there's the one that that you did write uh with with Vern Dosh uh wired differently and uh in the in the idea of management and leadership books uh this is this is something different this you know it uh it it, it just is different um it, it, it was fun for us to do that brian um yeah and, and it was one of those things that we, we were aspiring to be a sort of leadership culture and and we spent a lot of time as a learning organization peter singing is a great learning organization guru and read a lot of his books to fix this assignment and tried to implement them and ultimately uh it's the same thing that was being taught out at mary university uh sort mm-hmm. of leadership and we we wanted to create a culture that people really felt they were serving other people and uh, that they were, you know, leading by service. And I think you, you'd find it, you know, for the last, I would guess, even 15 years, it's been one of the 100 best places to work in this country, you know, and, and certainly in the top 100 always with uh, the, in the IT business. So culture is so important and, and giving people a real sense of, of belonging, and and that's that's what we were trying to include and wire differently, and also to, just trying to inspire others to to take a look at this new form of leadership. People talk about it, but to see it implemented in a company really makes a difference. And Vern was that ideal servant leader that uh, really helped inculcate that at NISC, the National Information Solutions Cooperative. So yeah, that was that was one of life's pleasures to be able to co-author that book with Vern. And and the uh, the idea, you know, um, I don't know if I can sum up something like this in a single thought, but I, I see more and more uh, there's there is a uh, there is an awareness uh, in in a corporate world of the the need to be uh, service enterprises or um, uh, what 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 do we call that? Um, <laughs> I did talk about you know talk about it all the time just having a mental block now and uh, the social the social enterprise uh, the the idea that uh, every business that's really successful I think in the third millennial uh, will will be a some form of social enterprise you know they'll have uh, they'll they'll attract people and they'll perform better because they're not strictly looking at the bottom line as the only thing that's important 
They're looking at, uh, at at what they can what they can accomplish in more of a long term thing, and that's that's part of the the co op model too. I think, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you're even starting to see that in corporations too, who who used to put a, all the emphasis on shareholder value, yep. and now they're you know they're seeing the need for the employee, for the community, you know, and serving uh, serving others and, and, and the customers. It's got to be a four-legged stool rather than just a one-legged one-legged stool being the shareholder interest. So we've had a lot of dialogue on that because I think there's a thirst and a desire, and, and uh, you know, in, in your workers, to, just to go to, to a place that has the same value they do. So, and we we're very very pleased to see that that has occurred in the NISC. Yeah, but it's but you have to, it's a, a daily job, a daily work keep that culture alive you know i think it's it's a sign of our of our affluence and our our sense of uh, abundance and an abundance mentality when when we do approach things this way rather than uh you know the survival mentality you know my grandfather came over here from uh from europe and started digging coal out of the side of a hill in rural morton county and and just you know just did that uh to to sell some of that coal to survive you know, and 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 eat, and now we we spend more, uh, we spend more on on travel and leisure than we do on food, clothing, and shelter. I think in the U.S., so uh, we have an we have a uh, an abundance that, uh, you know, I, I I believe that we we have the opportunity to do good things with it, um, and you know, if 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 we you know, and, and we just have that opportunity now. So, you know, one thing I would just highlight. Uh, if I had to distill everything out of wire differently, the thing that would amaze me the most that as we studied other organizations and Jim Collins of the world, good to great, all those things, one virtue that made great leaders, and I, most people would probably guess this, is humility. The, the level five leader in the best organizations showed, showed a personal humility. And, uh, Mm-hmm. You, sometimes you you wouldn't think that was would be what it was all about, but that's that's what the experts told us, and that's I guess what we found at NISC as well. Well, I think, uh, and and you you know you and I both know Vern Dosh. You of course know him a lot better than I do, but I've had the experience uh, to um, uh, spend some time with him. And uh, humility is uh, is a, is an apt description of of him. I think that that's uh, that's a uh, if if that's what wired differently is is, is humility. That's uh, that that in itself is getting back to our very beginning here, very godlike I, in in my mind. So. Um, Wally, time has flown. I'd I'd love to come back with you and and talk uh, about Wired differently and the the next leg for that uh, as we uh, as we uh, move move on uh, into uh, future uh, episodes of Bravehearts Radio and into future months. Uh, to, I want to thank our audience for joining us this week. We've been talking about the fabric of life, and we'd actually ask you to check out our bravehearts for kids.org 
follow and like us on Facebook. And please email me at missionspecialist at braveheartsradio.org. Next next Monday, uh, we'll be on at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific, uh, and we'll be talking um, about the Association of Pediatric Oncology Social Workers with Valerie Kennedy Lang, and she's in charge of the APOSW Annual Conference in April, which coincides with National Bravehearts Day. Remember that doing good anywhere does good everywhere, and we'll see you next week. Until then, be well. Thanks again for joining us this week for Brave Hearts Radio. Be sure to tune in for another edition featuring your host, Brian Reinbold. The show can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll talk again next time. 